Hi, welcome to the Book More Show. I'm Stuart Bell and today Betsy and I are talking about the idea of using your book outside of the clients that you can personally help by white labeling it and allowing others to use a version in their marketing and obviously paying you for the uh, paying you for the service. So this works especially well if you're a business coach or have clients already paying you to help with their marketing, but really it can work for anyone who has a book or can create something that other business owners would be willing to pay for. So we wrapped up the conversation talking about when it makes sense to take it to the next level as well and white label the whole the actual 90 minute book process. So if you have a framework that helps people find more clients and a book would help people be successful with that framework then white labeling the 90 minute book process and allowing us to do the production work could be a great way of helping those clients of yours create the book that they need to make the most of your system okay so it was a fun episode always good to dive deeper into a topic especially one that we're helping more and more people with so looking forward to sharing this with you as always if you've got any questions just shoot me an email to stuart s-t-u-a-r-t stuart at 90 minute books and always happy to jump on a call and help okay let's get to the show Betsy Vaughan Stuart Bell how are you very good thank you how are you doing good cool I think it's podcast time. Here we go. I know, right? I had a great call with Dean last week. We dived down to the studio over in Winterhaven and ran through some great ideas. We had a long list of things. We were going to do a couple of short sessions, but we ended up starting by thinking about whether it makes sense or when it makes sense for someone to write a book. And then that took 45 minutes. So... We got we got one into the list, but it was a, a great deep dive on really the kind of foundations, the fundamentals of our belief that a book is really the best lead generation tool that you can have for your business and expand on some of those ideas. So if, uh, if as you're listening to this, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, well worth checking back in and also look for the show notes on the website as well, because we were in the studio recording, so there's video to go along with it. Nice. That's great. This, what do you want to talk about today? This week, I thought we would talk about white label projects because two separate conversations I've had with people this week, it's come up. So it's definitely mm-hmm. an idea worth pursuing because it's surprising. There's so many options and such a wide variety of opportunities that it creates that it's always surprising how the conversations go. I don't think I've had a white label conversation with two people that's been the same over many years that we've been doing this. Right, right. Yeah, it's definitely a great tool. Excited to dive in here. So I think the first the first place to start is thinking about what, as I guess, defining what we mean by a white label project. There's yeah. so many variations, but the two main camps that it's, uh, or the two main approaches that it breaks down to are white labeling an existing book so a book that you've created the one version of and then allowing other people to use it and then the second option is people refer to it as white labeling but it's more white labeling the service rather than white labeling the book and that's where you may work with coaching clients consulting clients of your own you might have your own community you might want to guide people towards writing a book but then you would white label the 90 minute book service in order to 
execute that and to be able to offer it as mm-hmm. a service as a more orchestrated service rather than just pointing people to us but offer it as a more orchestrated service for your clients the conversations okay. that you've had can you think of any other those are the two examples that that of the conversation that i've had can you think of any other yeah no i think those are definitely the two i was trying to think of the ones we've white labeled recently but you know and, and they fall into those categories so i think most you know it was maybe 50 50 maybe a little higher on the you know using the existing book and letting someone use their existing book but the possibilities are endless with that you know i mean right. you know to do so people get excited about it yeah i think as you say it's probably the more common use case and the easier to do it takes less there's less orchestration around it so let's dive into that one first the right Example I'm going to use is one of the books that we use internally on the real estate side of the business. So the How to Sell Your House to Top Dollar book. So as a piece of information that was written first for one person, and then many people were allowed to use it. It's the easiest example because most people are aware of, if they, even if they haven't bought a house, they're aware of what real estate agents do and it's uh, it's just an easy one to explain so with that initial version of the book was written as a way to engage potential seller clients for a realtor so the position that the book sits in the overall funnel is as you're there trying to market yourself engaging with people when they're early in the discovery process is a great way of starting that relationship so that when they're eventually ready to take an action and do business with you or look for the service that you provide, then you're front of mind. You'd already started with building reciprocity and rapport and adding value to the people's lives. So in the realtor example, if I'm going to think about selling my house at some point down the track, I'm going to be thinking about what's it worth at the moment? How can I sell it for top dollar? What are the things that I need to do in order to make the most of it? And in seeing a book called How to Sell Your House for Top Dollar, if I've at all got any of those thoughts, that's going to resonate with me. And the fact that I'm seeing an ad for a book, it's a very minimum viable commitment way of getting people to sacrifice their name and email address in order to for you to get their details and for them to get the information. So rather than having another ad that says, I can sell your house for top dollar, give me a call. Or if you want to know how to sell your house for top dollar, give me a call. All of those things that need a little bit more commitment. The book is a very low friction way of getting people to execute on the idea. So the first one that was written, the N of one study was how can we maximize the realtor's opportunity to collect the leads of the group of people who are broadly thinking about potentially selling the house at some point in the next six to 12 months. And the information that's provided in there, super straightforward. It's, it's a very small book, but at the end of the day, all that we're trying to do is give people the idea to start the conversation. We're not trying to solve the whole problem for them. This is just the introduction. So that particular example is a very small book, introduces six or seven key ideas leads people towards a call to action on the back, which is a pinpoint price analysis of your home or a meeting with a realtor. So in white labeling, what we've then done is allowed other people to add their details to it to make the book their own. So obviously it's their name on the front, their call to action at the back. 
the details after that, the specifics on the inside can vary depending on how complicated you want the, the setup to be. So let's switch examples. Let's say on the podcast, we've used the florist example a lot before. So in that model, we've talked about the an early stage um, an early stage engagement for people who are going to be clients of a florist might be wedding flowers. So the white labeled book, if you were a business that had florist clients and you were trying to improve their sales, might be a guide to the very best floral arrangements or how to get $10,000 worth of flowers for on a on $1,000 budget. And within the pages of the book, it's relatively generic advice, but still as useful as you can make it. And then the white labeling would then be allowing the florist to add their details. Now, to, the, to what extent you allow the customizations really is a reflection of how difficult and complicated and how much of a how much you eventually need to charge for the project because obviously complexity adds to the costs so changing someone's name on the title on the cover and the call to action on the back that's very minimal work so it's a pretty cost effective way of doing it if another example that we've had in the past is in financial services where the the dollar amounts of the tax code that was written about in the white label book varied state by state so that actually was pretty complicated because we had to know all of the variations all of the permutations of the various tax elements that were written in the book even though it was only really there were three variables but three variables and then there was probably six different across all of the states there were six different permutations of those but still, bringing all of that together got pretty complicated. Um, definitely doable, but just complicated, both in terms of setup in the front and just execution as they're done. The yeah, I think that's sorry. I, yeah, I no, think that's a, you know, you look at the top dollar book, and that is that we do, and it's we just we don't touch anything on the inside. It's just the information items that are there, the name, and the we do put their contact information. But like I think about some of those books. And that's one of the things people I do ask a lot, like, how much do I let somebody change, you know, right. or do I just keep it very generic? And I think, you know, if you're looking at people across the states, which we have had a couple cases, you know, because in Illinois, that tax rate is different from that of Missouri, you know, and so you have a little more detail you have to get into. So, you know, I I, mean, I think, you know, if you don't want to have to do the work, then you go the generic route. You know, it's a little easier. It's a little more people can think, re relate to it a little bit, you know, versus yeah. specific numbers and such. Definitely. It's definitely the position to start from because of mm -hmm. that complexity. And oftentimes people are adding in complexity unnecessarily. Now, that tax mm -hmm. example was unavoidable because it was talking about inheritance thresholds and they state by state it changes whether there's inheritance tax and the amount changes as well so the whole book was around that inheritance type positioning so that one was unavoidable but oftentimes people add in complexity because they've got this mentality of they need to put in it's like the books generally people overestimate how much they need to put in and the level of detail for a book yeah. whose 
specific purpose is to start the conversation. The objective isn't to convert people within the words of the page. You're not charging people $20, so you need to provide every conceivable amount of value and detail you can imagine. It's not an academically peer-reviewed textbook that needs to be complete. It's a book to help you build your business that starts the conversation and builds rapport and gets people to the point that they're raising their hand and having a conversation where you then go into all the details. It's like the 90-minute book or the, uh, the book blueprint scorecard which even that one's more detailed because it goes in, we're trying to help people mm -hmm. do a number of these steps. But we know as the production element in the background, there's a thousand other questions that we need to ask people or we need to make calls on. Trying to include all of that up front is unnecessary. So I think it's definitely the case that people get, because they're in it every day, and they know the numbers or know the knowledge, it's natural to think that they have to include a lot of that stuff. The top dollar books are a great example. I mean, whether you choose to remodel the bathroom, update the bathroom in some way. Now, how to sell it for top dollar, making sure that the bathroom is as presentable as possible is good advice. But whether that advice is specifically you should remodel and change the vanity and whether the vanity should be marble or laminate or what should be what materials should be used all of that is far too much detail so again not that's as specific as tax guidelines changing state by state but just this idea of whether or not the this whole white label project comes about because you wrote the first book which is quite detailed and now you're looking to make it more generic in order to white label it be as generic as possible because if you can, if you're working with other realtors or you're working with other florists and you've got the opportunity of allowing them to use a white label book where the project costs, maybe you would charge them maybe a thousand dollars for setup and $5 a copy, or whether it's very complicated, meaning that you have to charge them $2,500 for setup and $6 per copy. That's a very different, it changes the mechanisms. Even those costs could be even cheaper if you've got a way of swallowing those setup costs. So you're adding this as a value add to your coaching program or adding it as a tier for your elite coaching clients for free. Then having a very generic book that's very cost effective to, for us to white label means that we don't have to charge you very much to do it, which means that you can add this perceived value and the, the value definition or the value breakdown then of being able to charge someone so many dollars for the project or a multiple of that in increased coaching revenue because they're a VIP client and the perceived value of this is way higher, then that's really where it makes a difference because you're not only looking to you're looking to maximize their return and base this book off their success. You're not necessarily interested about the success of the book itself if that makes sense, it's supporting much mm -hmm. more of a bigger project. Right. That's a good re reminder on that. But I'm also, I go back to you saying about, you know, keeping it more generic and that seems to be hard for people, you know, because <laughs> they want to put everything in the book, you know, and I'm just like, you know, from a lot of reasons, like, you know, if it's just, if you're putting the book out there and you've got everything you can possibly say to somebody in it, well, first of all, they don't need you, you know, they don't need to reach out and work with you, but also <laughs> it becomes a, like, it gets a little, I think, when people go back and read it, sometimes they're like, wow, this is a lot of information. And they feel like they need to 
for lack of a better term, dummy it down, which I'm of the mindset, particularly with a, a white label book, keep it simple, you know, just, yeah. there's no reason to overcomplicate it. So yeah, but I, I love when people get like, oh no, I have to have this and this. And I'm like, no, you just don't, right. don't need to do that. You know, so. I think it comes from in part, the benefit of a book as a lead generation tool, as a way to build your business is that a book itself still has a lot of perceived value around it, which is greater than the actual product, greater than the book itself. So so there's still this element of being published, having the words on paper, it being something that's created. People think that's a bigger thing than we know that it really is in the age of kind of on-demand printing and publishing just being much more democratized, which obviously is what we're trying to do. We're trying to remove the gatekeepers, but still people perceive a book as having passed through those gatekeeper stages. So for us as business owners, knowing that there's an extra boost from having it, that's one of the benefits of creating it. It's not just mm-hmm. that you're sharing information, it's that the information has an extra shine, an extra glow to it because it's in the form of a book. But people get tripped up because on the one hand, they know that and want to do this project because of that very reason, but then flip back into the mode of oh well if i'm not writing a book now i've got to go through all of these stages and gatekeepers and it's got to meet all of these minimum requirements and if i don't put everything in there then people aren't gonna almost like an imposter syndrome thing if it hasn't got all of these things then people aren't gonna believe that it's true or believe the words that are in there but that's not the case the reality is it's the minority not the majority that read it and this particular type of it's like saying that I want to buy a vehicle. Not all vehicles are the same. If I want to buy a truck because I need to move 500 pounds of wood, that's very different from saying I need a vehicle because I need to get from A to B in the most comfortable, the most luxury possible with a silent ride and therefore I need a BMW. A book is the same. A book is a high level term. The job of work of a book as a lead generation tool is to present a friendly opportunity to compel people to take that next very small step into eventually becoming a client with you down the road. You're not trying to show off to someone that you've written a book and look how clever I am by including all of these things. It's yeah, a very different job of work. Yeah, exactly. I think you just said, I talked about this is something when I have a phone call with somebody and they're asking about a book, be it white label or whatever they when someone says, you know, I don't even care if they read the book, like that sort of like we hear that. And that's like a lot of people don't, they will pick up a book. I'm notorious for this, pick up a book and I'll, you know, if it's like a self-help or some, you know, some sort of generic book versus a novel, I'll look at the cover and I'll look at the back cover and I'll kind of skim through the table of contents and like, ah, oh, you know, and then I find myself going to the website that's on the back or Googling right. or that exactly. kind of thing. And Because it's the job of work is different. A novel, the job of work of the novel is to be entertained. You're buying it because you you want to be entertained. You're buying it because you want to read it and have the words stimulate whatever they stimulate in your brain and it entertains you. The job of work of this book, people aren't buying it because they want to read the words. They're buying it because they want the answer to the problem. And that's such mm-hmm. a fundamental difference that I think people miss. The vehicle is yeah. the same. The vehicle is something that's on paper, that's bound together. I mean, even that's not strictly true. 
because obviously we're talking about digital ones so much these days. But the right. job of work of it is to compel people to take that, that next step, to reassure them that they're in the right place, to help them understand that the call to action, the next step is the thing that will get them to the outcome that they want. And the outcome isn't understanding any of this. The outcome is just whatever the outcome is. The florist example, if you had a book where you wrote the five tips of getting $10,000 worth of flowers for $1,000, the brown and green don't care about that. They just want 10000 it, they just want it to look like they've got ten thousand dollars worth of flowers at their wedding if they could with the same name and email address that they're opting in for the book if they could enter those details and just have those flowers appear hey that, that's what they want they don't right, want to, right, they yes. don't care about your knowledge or how clever you're being with one flower versus another flower or whether in the 50 years of experience you've collectively got within the organization you know that sourcing them from this company versus another company is actually the same product they're just go different channels so they're 20% cheaper they don't care about any of that they just want the outcome mm -hmm. and it's the same whether you're dealing with foot paying selling your house for top dollar writing a book I mean that's the irony of the whole book blueprint scorecard <laughs> I mean if you take that and go through all of the videos that were recorded for it and the exercises you could end up with the end product in it mirrored in the way that we create it in the same framework in the same the same ideas behind each of the stages but really i don't want people to read the in detail and have to go through and do all of the work themselves it's great that some people want to do that and understand mm -hmm. that for some people it's a cost constraint so they have to do it in fact i've done two of the more recent strategy calls that i've done with non-clients have been with people who are just aren't in a position to afford us at all they're young guys they're mm -hmm. they're barely working they haven't got two three five six grand to write a book when they've also got no audience at the moment but this framework gives them some steps so anyway back to the point is that the scorecard in the funnel is a way of sharing with people some useful information and hopefully compelling them that the quickest and best way for them to do it is just to take the step on the call to action which is to one of them is to call us and get started because it's the fastest quickest way and you'll leverage all of our knowledge but the actual reading of it the content of it it's the outcome that people want sorry got sidetracked on a bit of a run yeah. there <laughs> yeah no that's all good information there for people to hear so yeah. When we were talking, I was using the examples there of the book having a glow about it. It's got an extra magic because it is printed pages. It is worth mentioning as well that whether we're talking about print or digital, that's less of a definition these days because a book yeah. is a book doesn't necessarily just mean a physical book that's on paper. It also means a digital version of the book. And to keep that magic going, that's why the digital versions of the books we create for people are formatted with left right margins and with all of the kind of in between pages the blank pages are still in place because we want to keep that magic going we never use the right. term ebook because it's a oh, pointless people definition love that term. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah but yeah. it's a pointless definition it's a digital version of the book right. i'd love to send you a copy exactly. of the book i'll send you a digital copy of it Right. Adding in extra words like ebooks or formatting it a different way, it just detract, it takes the glow off the thing that we're trying um, to create. I, and I, I think people 
like when I, not so much me because I work in this environment, so I know, but people say to me a lot like, oh, well, I don't just want an ebook because they view that as like something that somebody stapled together in the office or at Kinko's. You know, right. it, yeah. it, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that glow. I mean, I like that you say glow. It doesn't have that, you know, but here's my, here's a digital copy of my book. I mean, that's it's yeah. the exact same thing, Te- but it exactly. really gets people excited. But the positioning, that Robert Cialdini book, Persuasion, I don't think it's a little while since I've read it. I don't think it specifically uses that as an example, but that whole premise of pre-charging situations with the outcome in mind if you say to someone oh yeah i'll send you a digital copy of my book or i'll send you an ebook they're going to look forward to sending look forward to receiving a digital copy of the book but are they going to look forward to receiving an ebook in the same way i mean it's just unnecessarily undervaluing so from a white label perspective as well if you're going down the white label route then you're part of your job of work is marketing that book for the clients or selling the benefits to the clients so that they market it themselves. So language like this, if you're offering a white label book as part of your solution, definitely don't refer to it as an ebook. And then the choice of whether you allow people to use digital copies or allow them to use physical copies, again, think about how that sits in the context of how they're eventually going to use it. So if all of the rest of your marketing is around Facebook ads, opt-ins and email, then having building physical copies into the program isn't necessarily the most useful because none of your other marketing talks about physical copies. But on the flip side, and selling your product as the coach, selling your product to the florists that you coach of having a book as part of the marketing campaign, you probably need to include a physical element because as the recipients, as the people who are paying you, not the end clients, but the florists who are paying you, if you can give them a physical book, that product, that marketing product seems more valuable than saying, Mm. oh, we're just going to create a digital version of the book because they'll perceive it as different. So thinking through at each stage of this, and what the job and work of each element is, super important, which is why we say that the there's a million different, or maybe not a million, but there's lots of different variations yeah. of what the product, what the white label product could be. And depending on what you're doing, this is why we have conversations with people to set up the products in the, in the way that makes the most sense. But definitely think in terms of the digital book, or you've got the opportunity rather to create the digital book and the physical book, and what combination of both do you need in order to make this white label project a success for you as the coach in selling that service? And what do you need to make it as a success in terms of the end marketing that the client's going to use? So sticking with the florist example, writing the book of how to get $10,000 worth of flowers on a $1,000 budget, that's great. But if you just did that and then gave it to them and said, okay, now you're on your own, that whole project isn't going to be as valuable. And if your business model is set up in so much as you've got maybe a recurring license fee where they can use the digital version year after year, or whether the business model is set up where you get a cost of the physical print, the print cost of each edition. So therefore you ideally want them to sell more, then that is going to change how you position it. And 
make sure that you've got some some program in place to follow up and make the book product for them as successful as possible yeah. one thing that i do the florists i mean we haven't i don't think we've ever worked with any florists which is yeah. i don't know whether i use that as the example because there's no risk that i'm accidentally talking about client details because somebody else right happy. yeah exactly <laughs> or whether it's we should find more flowers to market to but sticking with mm-hmm. that as an example so that book idea is seems like a great idea um i'm not that into flowers <laughs> so <laughs> lucy is very much so more than me but yeah so i'm not that into it that as a subject seems like an interesting idea because knowing that as a florist a decent amount of my top revenue producing business is going to be weddings because you add a zero on the end to anything that starts with wedding add a zero on the end so that seems to be a high margin business there's lots of them going on they're not particularly weddings themselves aren't necessarily impacted by the economy wedding budgets might be but weddings themselves aren't so having something that is positioned as get more for your money seems like a good thing positioning it and in front of the right people seems like a easier thing to do because that book is going to be something that's all cheese and no whiskers to use that example it's all about giving valuable information so low commitment that people need to opt in but then you could also run Facebook ads for it for people who have changed their, I'm not sure how locked down now Facebook is around all of the demographics because they keep changing it and restricting it. But you could imagine a scenario where you're adding that ad to people who have recently changed their status to engaged within a 50 mile area of your shop. That seems like a very good online version. You could have physical versions that are on the shelf on the countertop in the store Mm -hmm. physical versions that you can use at wedding shows and things like that physical versions that could go to complementary non-competing businesses so venue hire places um the table hire places suit hire all of these complementary non-competing businesses for wedding traffic you could do a, a physical version that goes into that and then the follow-up and the setup, again, depending on how the book is structured, it very much leads into the call to action, the next step. So if you're a consultant of wedding florists, then saying that the next step on the book should be the flower scorecard equivalent, which might be, okay, depending on the season, depending on your budgets, depending on the color that you like, enter in those three criteria. And I would imagine, again, not from a knowledgeable point of view, but I would imagine that would be a relatively easy follow-up after that assessment. So enter the details. We'll tell you what the best flowers are for your budget and the time of year. Enter those details. And then the reply would just match up a relatively i mean there can only be so many combinations i would imagine if you sat down and wrote 10 emails that covered all of the combinations that you could think about you could have a pretty detailed response to someone that would then again compel them the next step down the down the path towards coming in for a flower re- review or right. whatever it would be that's the that's the problem with not being too into the subject did you kind of um, the framework of the idea is very clear and very successful and very the details 
Yeah, right. Lost Don't worry about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't worry about that. No, um, that, that, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I was just going to wrap up that first example because, yeah. again, I ran long slightly and got carried away on that particular example. But so white labeling a book, let's just quickly recap and then we'll go on to white labeling the service mm -hmm. briefly. So white labeling the book, we want you as the white labeler are selling the service to the clients that you work with. So the people in the business that you're writing about. So if you coach florists, it's the florists that you're selling to, not the florists clients, not the end consumers. Mm -hmm. So to build that white label package, you've got to make it worthwhile and appealing to the florists themselves. But in order for the project to be successful, it also needs to work for the end user for the clients so in terms of writing it and then executing on the white label projects you need something that's valuable but relatively generic and universal and something where there's an obvious call to action an obvious next step that the end users can take in order to identify themselves as potential clients so that way you can sell the idea of the project, the idea of the white label book, you can sell that to the florist clients and they can see some value because they can see the asset that will be created in a way that it would be difficult for them to do themselves all time, all costly, all time consuming. And they can see that there's a clear step to the end product. One other thing that I'll quickly mention and then we'll move on is photos. So very often we're suggesting not putting the author's photo on the front because to the end user who cares what the author looks like it's that's not the thing well, what we're trying to do is interrupt them and say hey you're thinking about this here's a solution to your problem and the whole cover is dedicated at that first step the only time where that sometimes varies is in this white label project idea because you as the white labeler are actually your clients the people who pay you money are the florists you need to do whatever you can to sell that project. So not only does it need to be successful from a marketing point of view, and it can clearly drive leads, but if you can also push their buttons, their vanity buttons a little bit, then that's not bad either. That's just going to add a little bit more. That might be the 1% that gets them over the line. One way of doing that might be to include their photo on the front. So usually we wouldn't do that or wouldn't suggest doing it, but if you can imagine white labeling a book that said how to get $10,000 worth of flowers on a $1,000 budget and a nice picture of a wedding bouquet on the front and then in the bottom there's a picture of the, of the florist and their name, then because the florist are paying you for the project and they see their name on the front of it, that might be enough to... Um, or not might be enough hopefully the, the whole project is going to be enough for them to see the value yeah. in it but that also might be an additional um, thing that gets them over the line i always remember going to a tony robbins event years and years ago back in the early 2000s so this was the three-day weekend event the upw event that they're still doing now and mm. in that they were selling the bigger programs so the week-long programs at the various events and as part of it, there was the various tiers and at the top tier, which was expensive. I mean, I think this was like, I don't know, $10,000 plus maybe for, this is back mm -hmm. in the early 2000s for all of the programs. Right. 
But as part of this, the VIP club, there was also a hat, like a baseball cap with like, uh, what I can't even remember what the words were on the front of it, but this cool looking black baseball cap. And I can remember actually sitting there and thinking, oh man, that would be cool to have that hat. <laughs> like separating <laughs> out the complete value of the program <laughs> or the dollar investment. Oh man, look at that hat. I mean, it's a silly thing. <laughs> but anyway, everyone, no one's immune from that type of thing. So yeah. No, if you yeah, yeah. consider putting their picture on the front because it might be the, the black hat example. Right, exactly. Super. Okay. All right, next, next up is white labeling the service. Yeah, white labeling the service. So this is less frequent. So we've got a couple of people that we've done and are doing this with. So this is for organizations that have got more of a, it's a higher cost product at the end of the day, white labeling a effectively white labeling a 90 minute book where you allow your clients to write anything and then just have us execute it that's obviously a high price point for them because they if it was an idea that they had themselves they could google they'd find us and they'd see our prices listed on the website so you need to be able to add enough value that you can get something from this as well that makes the whole white labeling worthwhile otherwise it would make more sense just to say to them hey you should write a book and i've worked with 90 minute books before they're a great partner you should just go across there that's and then we'll just take it from there white labeling the service means that what we're really looking to do is orchestrate a framework that we then execute in a way that's kind of discreet but not invisible so we never say that we can be mm -hmm. invisible. If nothing else, our email address is say 90 minute books. We're easy right. enough to find. Even if you Google our names, you'll probably find us. So that's why we say discreet because what we do with the white label projects is set up dedicated landing pages and have specific funnels to onboard people in a very co-branded way between you as the white labeler and us as the executor. So the way that it works very well is if you have a framework already. So let's say for example, going back to the florist example, at a lower tier level, you've got a white label book option, which is, hey, pay this amount of money and then you can put your name on the front and your phone number on the back and we'll point people to your website. And that's the low cost entry to the white label book that you wrote for your florist clients. The next tier up, the service tier, might be that as a florist marketer, you have a very specific system in place. So you've got the email funnel dialed in. You've got some landing pages based on various criteria that you know people are interested in. You've got a kind of a hack to the system that you know as a florist makes a difference across the board. So it could be in the way that you arrange the flowers or the composition or the sourcing. Something about it makes your marketing strategy unique to other florist coaches. And as part of that framework, as part of your framework, you want to suggest people write a book, but you know that they could write it on various different situations, circumstances. So the, just a white label book isn't good enough. But your book writing framework for florists might be, we always want to start with the introduction, which is a background to you, how you got into floral arrangement, why you're passionate about flowers in this area and all of the people that you've been able to help. Then you want to talk about the 
working in the northeast means that a lot of people come wanting these particular arrangements that they see in instagram but all of the influencers are in california those flowers just aren't available over here but we've worked and have worked out the massachusetts um, equivalent of all of these instagrammers influencers images so we can help create that model and then in the book talk about a framework of how you set that up for you particular how you have sourced those flowers how you interpret the design and then whatever the closes and the call to action around your thing so white labeling the service us knowing what that structure is what the framework is that the book hangs on we can then bring the clients through asking them those very similar questions that mirror your exact framework so by white labeling the service you're allowing people to write the book that resonates with them on whichever particular topic it is broader than just the white label book but you're doing it within a very controlled framework and we're just executing it in the background that also then allows you to sell it for a higher price point so mm -hmm. typically our books are in the kind of three to six thousand dollar range to complete you might have a six to ten thousand dollar program that includes writing a book but also has a number of follow-on sequences so the autoresponders and the landing pages and the, all of these other elements built for them as part of your bigger program so does that difference make sense white labeling the service versus yeah. white labeling the book it does and i think you know i mean both are great options just depends on where you are i think you know in your business or with your specific group but it really is such a way for someone to get a book out there and not have to put in all the work you know yeah. a lot of our clients are super busy and so that's one of the things you know we look at marvin mitchell has he's white labeled his book and we get quite a bit of traffic from them and they're just, they're all just busy people who are busy and they don't have time mm -hmm. to do it, but they want to, that tool and they want, you know, they want that tool, you know, for marketing purposes. And so it really is a great way to, you know, to do and it's potentially a stepping stone to something later. Mm -hmm. I mean, having the white label book version now, so mm -hmm. you've got something that's out there, it's, you can almost, test all of the funnels and emails and the follow-up campaigns mm -hmm. and lay all of the track with a white label product and then if you prove it to yourself that it's effective you've got the opportunity to really dial it in for the specific market that the white label book doesn't cover so the right. ten thousand dollars of wedding flowers for a thousand on a thousand dollar budget that's great for that particular funnel but if you also know that you do a whole stack of work in corporate flowers or event flowers or funeral flowers the white label book isn't going to work for that but you'll have laid the track and then freed up some mind space to think about okay if i was going to write it in this other area then what could that look like? And also might save you from things like we were saying before, they're overcomplicating it. Because if you just go into a book from scratch, mm. it's very easy, as we started off by saying, it's very easy to over-engineer it and try and do too much and lose the sight of the job of work. If you know the success you've had from the white-labeled florist book, the white-labeled wedding flowers book, then you've got much more much more awareness of the reality of the situation and what the almost the minimum effective dose is in order to not overcomplicate the one that you actually come to do and not find yourself kind of stuck in a project that's lasting years and costing 
an unlimited budget as you keep refining it and adding more yeah. or changing things around. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that the white label, if you're, as you're listening to this, if you've got any coaching organization or any marketing organization where you're doing the work for people and you've got multiple clients in a similar industry, so there's that kind of that synergy or economy of scale, a white label book. Well, actually, even if you've, I mean, we've been, we were saying in the podcast last week, we've been doing this for, just coming up on 10 years now and a thousand books so even if you wrote a book a number of years ago and you've used it but you're thinking oh you know know what i could white label this and other people would use it as well and i could get some additional revenue from it being wider particularly for anyone when you think about like financial advisors Mm -hmm. florists pt people anyone where they're geographically constrained i mean this is a fantastic idea because a hundred percent utilization of your business is going to be like a 50 mile footprint as soon as you go outside of that to the rest of the tens of thousands of miles that are in the country you could be getting additional revenue not from clients because you can't serve them but from helping other people have some of the success that you've had from your book so yeah if you've got any sized organization if you've got an existing book where you know there are other people who would be would be able to make use of it in their markets then white label book is a very easy way of getting that additional revenue and the complexity of the actual project itself can vary from very simple to needlessly complicated but it's much more straightforward the white label service one is for a subset a pretty unique subset of people who have very much got a definite framework themselves and they've got quite a big client group all can charge a substantial amount of money that makes it worthwhile but a white label book certainly recommend that for most people to begin with at least absolutely cool all well i think we did the white label subject yeah that's great i think yeah people listening hopefully our clients that are already there like you said you've written the book it's there you've been using it you're ready to take the next step. Like, okay, this is, I want to offer this to people. Let us know. We're, we, you know, that's an exciting thing to do. And it's fun to see how many other authors come on board and, you know, with the white label project. So. Yeah, definitely. If, uh, yeah, just send us an email to either support at 90 minute books or to me at Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, Stuart at 90 minute books, and we can jump on a call and just thrash out some of the details, but yeah, it's exciting. And of all of the people that we've seen do this, I think that, I mean, some of them have had more success than others, obviously, but I don't think anyone's been disappointed in the project. I think some of them have been yeah. relieved that we've helped them simplify it and streamline it, but it is a pretty quick process to get set up. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Okay. Alrighty. Well, 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 thank you for your time. It's always Betsy. My pleasure. And everyone, thanks for listening. Definitely, if you're interested in white labeling, just shoot us an email. Or if white labeling is not for you, but you do have a book that you're waiting to get started, then now is definitely a great time to do it as everyone's getting back to the office after the summer. Things are picking up again as we're heading towards the fall. So yeah, just reach out to us at support at 90 Minute Books or head over to the website and we're here waiting to help. Okay, thank you. And we'll speak in the next one.